Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keep it car free so the kids can play. Car free to scoot and skate and ride. Car free so we all can have a place to safely move outside. Car free for a hundred years. Car free for a hundred more. For you and me, for them and they. So everyone can get from A to B. From JFK to the Great Highway, keep it car free. From JFK to the Great Highway, keep it car free. Thank you so much for the song. That was John Elliott with his guitar testifying in front of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors during Tuesday's 11-hour public comment before the historic vote to make JFK drive car-free forever. Were you listening to every minute, Heather? (laughs) No, I actually had work to do. Um, I wasn't writing about that, but I was tuning in and out. I kept thinking, oh, I don't want to miss the vote. And every time I'd turn the sound back on, it was still public comment. So I actually tweeted at one point, if the public comment never ends, does that mean it's car-free JFK forever? <laughs> I saw that. Um, I I was actually, I had it on in the background the entire 11 hours. Uh, we were texting each other. I have to admit, I texted something snarky when John Elliott walked up. <laughs> Generally, when I see anybody at a public meeting with a musical instrument, I'm skeptical. But John was awesome. Um, I just thought it was a really great day. And um And our guest today, Matt Haney, was at the meeting. It was his last meeting on the Board of Supervisors before he moves on to the State Assembly. What a meeting to end with. And shout out to Matt for meeting us at 8.30 a.m. the next morning, which was the plan, but I don't think he knew the meeting was going to go that late. Yeah, we arranged it with him probably about halfway through public comment, not knowing we were only halfway through, so I was pretty sure he was going to text really late saying I cannot meet you super early tomorrow but he didn't and he actually was on time and we were late yeah and he was in really good spirits I don't know if he was caffeined up or what but we had a great (laughs) great discussion uh we talk about his new job in Sacramento what he's going to do with his cats you and I give Haney some commute tips uh Rick shot a Sacramento I don't know if we mentioned that but that's that's my new idea And we talk more seriously about the Tenderloin, which Haney represented in District 6. It's been used, frankly, as a slur um, in his election and in the redistricting, some of the talk around that. And I think the history and the present of that neighborhood is a lot more complicated than people are giving it credit for right now. Yeah, I think people, um, like they do all of San Francisco, speak it about the Tenderloin in such stark terms. 
kind of love it or hate it. It's a lot more nuanced like everything in the city. And there are some improvements. We met him at La Cocina, had coffee there. I love that spot. Go there as often as I can. That's a great new addition to the neighborhood. There's a lot of small businesses that are definitely worth checking out. And overall, I felt like it looked cleaner than it had um, in the past few months. And so there are improvements. Obviously, huge issues still face the neighborhood, which he talks about as well, including the fentanyl dealing and overdose crisis, which obviously we have a long way to go on that. Yeah, we recorded at La Cocina, which is a lovely place. Everyone should get out there. Visit the Tenderloin History Museum, get lunch at La Cocina, check out the inside of City Hall. That's a fun afternoon right there. Again, we don't want to sugarcoat it, but um, we, we enjoyed our morning in the Tenderloin with Matt Haney. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, suddenly feeling empowered to bring my guitar to the next podcast. And this is Total SF. Assemblyman elect Matt Haney, welcome to Total SF. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your election to the state legislature and on your 40th birthday <laughs> and on surviving yesterday's 5,000-hour-long meeting on car-free JFK Drive. There's a lot to celebrate. Yes, there, there was a busy week, and <laughs> I thought for, for a little while they were just going to filibuster my last meeting, and I was just <laughs> never going to be able to leave. It was a joke that was going around, but it was a, it was a great last meeting, and obviously some big, important decisions were made, so... Well, we texted yesterday it. to arrange this 8.30 a.m. meeting <laughs> at La Cocina, and I'm actually surprised you're here and semi-coherent. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking when that vote came down? I mean, this has been going on for a long time, and it's been going on for 100 years. The JFK years. one or my election? JFK. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We're talking about JFK. We're, we're on yeah. JFK right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty cool when you see something that, you know, people get excited about, they rally behind. For a while, they think, you know, are we going to win? Is this going to happen? They start to push. They organize. They talk to, you know, those of us who are elected, and then they win. And I get to sort of see that from beginning to end and be a part of it. And it's it's a rare thing. It's I think it's too rare. Uh, and uh, it's it's just I, when you're in politics, those kind of wins that people ha- make for themselves are special, <laughs> even if it means you have to sit through. 10 plus hours of public comment, it doesn't happen all the time. And those moments, I think, are, are pivotal moments for our politics and for our city when people come together to, to, you know, to that extent and, and win something that is really meaningful for them. Heather, Heather goes to these meetings, but it's been like 20 years since I've covered any city government. So I have questions. Sure. Um, who was that incredibly patient person, the moderator or clerk? <laughs> Speaker's time's expired. We have 86 listeners and 32 still left in the queue. Uh, if you are one of the listeners and have not already done so and would like to provide public comment, please don't forget to press star three to enter the line to speak. Jaime, could we get the next caller, please? It's just so yes. compassionate, empathetic, with person patient. after person, patient with person after person who is yes. not following the rules. <laughs> that is uh, who we affectionately refer to as Madam Clerk. That is the clerk of the board, Angela Calvillo, and she is a San Francisco treasure and uh, uh, has been the 
clerk of the board for a number of years and just is so incredibly patient. I'm glad people got to recognize that. And actually, yesterday was Clerk Appreciation Day. We had a whole plan. Oh, that's uh, how you guys appreciated we, it? Well, I know, right? It was, a, <laughs> it was also Small Business Appreciation Day. We didn't get to that, unfortunately. But it was Clerk Appreciation Day. We were supposed to do this whole big thing for the clerks, especially because the clerks have also ju just got through redistricting, and we were going to celebrate them and their work. Uh, and this is, this was their gift. <laughs> Do you think she's really that zen or in her brain? Is she just like swearing and freaking <laughs> up? Yeah. You know, it's like when they have like, the, there was that skit of like the, the angry Obama or, or you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's a, there, there's a, there's another personality for <laughs> Madam Clerk, but uh, I've never seen her break that. Yeah. Well, if, if not a statue, I think they should at least name a Dahlia after her in the park because that was great. Yeah. Uh, another question. When someone, when you're sitting there and it's a long period and a dude walks up with a guitar. Now, this turned out OK for this yeah. one. But are you just like, oh, shit, or, or is that OK? Is it, is it a nice break? Is it a good break in the meeting that the guy in the guitar is going to come up and sing oh, we you love a song? the people who come and sing. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was also someone who gave her testimony uh, entirely in Taco Bell references. Yeah, <laughs> that's Sarah Cat that. she's been on yeah. our podcast. She said, don't get it cinnamon twisted. <laughs> 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 when cars lined JFK, this area was unnoticeable and unappealing, filled with exhaust, hardly a place to enjoy a Doritos Locos Tacos. We all deserve to eat Taco Bell out in the open, to have a Baja Blast in our own city, to have space where we can have a cheesy fiesta. Don't get it cinnamon twisted. This plan is the compromise. So we like that. We like, you know, when when uh, when when, uh, when people break it up. We love when the kids come up. Uh -huh. You know, some, there was a kid who got up there and said, any of you th who think that kids have too much power, you're just mean. <laughs> and I'm saying, kids you know don't what? have enough power. Yeah, exactly. We were like, yeah. So I, somebody tweeted that for uh, that six-year-old, and I retweeted it. But... Uh, you know, it's good. It, it, you know, they're, they're, it's good when the, the, the comments get broken up in different ways. And we have, obviously, in public comments, some people who show up a lot and have their particular way of doing things. And uh, They all write a, us letters. Yeah, we, we know it's, that. A part, it's a part of uh, the culture of the board. Yeah. And uh, definitely that was the song is, is, is very much welcomed. <laughs> well, we're chatting now at La Cocina in the Tenderloin. And um, walking over here, it looks pretty clean and nice, and it's a it seems to be a pleasant day in the neighborhood. But your opponent in the assembly race, David Campos, had some pretty bleak imagery of the Tenderloin in his ads and referred to you as the Tenderloin supervisor, as if it <laughs> boom, was boom, a boom. derogatory <laughs> term. Did you have T-shirts made? <laughs> the Tenderloin. Yes, yes. He well, I I don't know if he came here much, uh, and and I appreciate you acknowledging that some good things are happening here. Uh, and people in this community work really hard for the changes that we have seen. Uh, and there are positive things. Where we are right now, it was a post office that was basically abandoned. Now it's a huge food kitchen. If you look outside, you see a lot of community safety ambassadors, clean streets, bike lanes, uh, you know, things that are, are positive in this neighborhood. Uh, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of work to do. I don't think anybody would argue there isn't. And, and for me, part of it is that this is a neighborhood that, as you and I talked about when on my first day, I think, in office as supervisor, that this is a neighborhood that's treated as a containment zone. And I feel there's often a conspiracy mm -hmm. against this neighborhood and, and neighborhoods like Soma as well, where, you know, if there are problems or people with problems, they're pushed here and, and folks look the other way and act like that's a solution. 
And so the idea that the tenderloin can solve every problem with homelessness and street cleanliness and mental health and drug addiction is not real as long as this continues to be the place where people are just pushed to. Uh, these are problems that are reflections of broader uh, failures. Mm-hmm. And so that was always a huge part of my narrative and what I, my reason for running. And I'm grateful that the people of the Tenderloin supported that. I think I won by 40 points in the Tenderloin. Yeah. So I, I was not afraid of being called the Tenderloin supervisor. I live here. Uh, and a lot of what I want to do and what I think is wrong about the way we're approaching a lot of these issues around housing and homelessness, drug addiction, uh, comes out of my experience uh, here in the Tenderloin mm-hmm. and, and to see how those failures are playing out in this neighborhood. And, and let's, you know, dive in the archive here for a second, Heather. She gets on me because I always bring up the Chronicle archive in every episode. <laughs> but um, historically, this place has been a center for activism. It's been a gateway for immigrants and people who are coming here yeah. and end up contributing a lot to the city. Uh, entertainment and music. Right. You know, the Blackhawk was here. Miles Davis was playing here. Aunt Charlie's is still here. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I, well, it's, I it's, defend the Tenderloin. I, I In District 6 as a whole, I think... Now District know, 5. Yeah. District 5, well, well, I'm sorry. I'm still in denial about that. You know, it, it is. It, it, it's in many ways among the most San Francisco of, uh, of San Francisco neighborhoods. Uh, it's where so much of uh, our culture and our compassion, our heart lives. Uh, this is an incredibly diverse neighborhood where people actually do work well together and get along overwhelmingly. And to use it as a slur, I think, is, 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 is not only a huge political misfire, uh, it really uh, misses the mark in so many ways on, on what makes this neighborhood so special. Well, will you stay in this neighborhood, uh, District <laughs> 6 or 5? Um, five and a half. Five and a half. <laughs> and if you are going to stay here, what does that commute look like? Because uh, I think even Tom Amiano took a car to Sacramento. Yes, uh, this is one of the things I have to figure out. I am planning on staying in this neighborhood. I have no plans to move, although I do have to get up to Sacramento regularly. Uh, I'm looking at some different ways to get there. Uh, there's a ferry to Jack London and then train from Jack London. Oh, that would be uh, a nice that, way to I, go. I may try that one, I think. Um, there may be some times where I have to have somebody drive me uh, if I need to get there and, or get back in a, in a sort of more direct way. Uh, well, but, you you talked to like a thousand car lovers yesterday, so maybe yes. they can... If somebody can give me a ride. Volunteer. I'm yeah. thinking, like, I'm thinking yeah. like John Bowders is probably, Emeryville Mayor's probably already given you an itinerary. Yes. I think you bike to the ferry. I, I'm a ferry. Okay. That's how I got here. Bike and ferry. Take the ferry over to Jack London and then take the train. And yes. you're going to run into a lot of your constituents from a lot of different places along the way. Yes. But I, I, that, that's I, my route I, yeah. for you. Or I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an electric scooter guy too, so I could, I could take a little scooter over to the ferry. Um, there's also a bus that goes from Salesforce Transit Center to Emeryville directly and then the train from there. Obviously, BART to Richmond. So there are options. I, I do think it's, you know, it's sad that there's not a train I can just get on here directly and go to Sacramento. <laughs> there should be. And that's one of the problems I'll try to fix over the next 10 years. Build a train from the Build Tenderloin. Build train, <laughs> a train from the Tenderloin to Sacramento. Uh, would be great. But, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's one of the many things I have to figure out about this job, but uh, it's a good problem to have. Well, Heather is, uh, even though she's Miss San Francisco, she is a Davis native, so... I can give you tips, especially yes. on how to 
weather, the extremely hot oh, weather Jesus. in the summer, it yes. is horrific. Yeah, well, Sacramento has rivers and stuff, too. <laughs> so that's nice. I'm, I'm aware of that. Uh, that could be part of your commute, yeah. like a houseboat <laughs> up the Delta. I don't know. We'll work it out. My dad makes fun of me for living in Davis for 17 years and not being able to cope with the weather anymore. Yeah, oh, it's definitely, yeah, I remember. I remember how hot it, I worked in Sacramento for, for a while, and uh, yeah, it's hot, summer, different world. Well, on another note, there's been some nastiness between you and some other supervisors on Twitter recently. <laughs> um, I saw some back and forth between you and Dean Preston, which looks like it got deleted quickly, as well as you and Hillary Ronan. Why is everybody in such a bad mood? <laughs> well, I, I, I try to be nice <laughs> on Twitter and otherwise. <laughs> So a lot of it, the nastiness was directed at me. I don't think it was directed at, at uh, I wasn't directing nastiness back at them. You know, it, we had a tough race and both of those folks who I've worked with a lot in the past supported my opponent and I think there were some feelings about that. Uh, and, uh, you know, but we have to move on. And I think a lot of my message and the way I've tried to operate as a leader is to be able to work with everyone and to treat everyone with respect and uh, even when there are differences and so uh, we'll have to have grace on all sides here <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yes there was a little back and forth uh, with, with Dean Preston and I uh, but you know we, we've got to work together and I think people are kind of tired of their, their politicians sniping at each other so I try not to do that I had a little brief moment of weakness with a tweet back, which I quickly deleted. It was basically telling him to stop, not really going after him. I think it was delete your account. Yeah, I mean, it was what a lot of people were saying. You know? A so, lot of people say that a lot of times. So you're pushing for Honey Mahogany, your chief of staff, to be your replacement on the board. How is it possible San Francisco has never had a drag queen uh, as a supervisor? Exactly. You know, San Francisco made history a number of decades ago with Harvey Milk. We have the opportunity to again make history with Honey Mahogany. Honey is just also a remarkably brilliant, capable, talented individual. She actually uh, not only sang the national anthem at the Giants game, <laughs> she's the chair of our Democratic Party, 20 years as a social worker. Uh, you know, just co-founded the transgender district here. Can you get her on our podcast? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. She's probably harder to get to her book than me. I hope that she'll be on your podcast as the next supervisor. And if she's not uh, appointed, she's going to be running. So it'll be a very interesting and exciting opportunity for our city either way. But I, I think she also, you know, she represents the type of leadership I think we need in our city. She listens, she brings people together, you know, she's compassionate, uh, and she she's a hell of a drag queen. And she, <laughs> she, she's, she, 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 represents, she represents our, our city's culture and our opportunities. She's born and raised in the city. And, you know, and has served the city her entire life, I think, you know, and, and is able to be herself here. So I, I think it's really exciting, and I hope she's the next supervisor. Can we can we go forward? Because we have a Total SF campaign to name a school after her. We want all the school renamings to be after drag queens, okay. to be Great. fair. It's yeah, not yeah, just no, that's, no, that's fine. Honey Mahogany. Don't you think Honey Mahogany High sounds good? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would that violate the city charter, though, if Honey Mahogany is a supervisor? Can you do both? 
one I of know. you might know. You can you can name. There's Willie. There's Willie Brown. Well, well, the school board does the renaming, as we know. <laughs> it blows so up. So there's no, there's no, there's no conflict. <laughs> We're not with relying the, on with the, the board of supervisors <laughs> and people who are living. Obviously, can have schools named after them. We have Diane Feinstein and, and Willie Brown. Uh, you know, how do we not have? We've never had a drag queen supervisor. We've never had a drag queen school. This is it's unacceptable. Well, yeah. 2022 is the year. <laughs> We'll be right back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you're going to be one of the very few renters in the state legislature. Why is it so rare for somebody who rents rather than owns to advance in politics? So 120 legislators, I'm the third renter, which is kind of shocking, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think about half of the people in the state are renters, uh, so or in renter-occupied uh, households. So this is a huge, huge, huge <laughs> disparity or, or uh, disproportionality. Uh, you know, and I think it's reflected in, in policy making. I think that there are, uh, is uh, less uh, emphasis on the needs of renters in the state legislature, less of an understanding of what they're going through or, or protections that they may need. So I hope to be able to bring that a bit when I'm up there. Well, your your grandparents are in their 90s in Golden <laughs> Gate Heights. Uh, they're on your social media. Uh, seem very youthful. <laughs> what secrets can you pass on to our listeners? <laughs> From my grandparents? How yeah. do you stay happy and healthy into your 90s? Yes. Actually, my so my grandfather, he is a uh, every other day eater. Uh, intermittent intermittent fasting. Okay, I cannot do so that. So <laughs> he he will sometimes not eat for 48 hours and then and then eat whatever he wants for one day and then go back. So he he has been fasting that way for for years. Uh, he and my grandma uh, uh, both go to both church and synagogue every weekend. <laughs> so some some prayers there <laughs> uh, and they're both involved very involved in that uh, they are very supportive and loving of their families they have just a lot of joy in bringing people together and uh, they have two cats so you could pick any of these different reasons <laughs> for why they've lived so long but they are 94 and 93 years old and i believe this weekend they are leaving to go on a cruise to amsterdam wow, oh, wow. Uh, after just contracting covid they contracted, I said this to you, Heather, right? Yeah. They, they, they just got, got, got COVID. And then my grandpa is like, I think we'll be fine. It'll be out of our system before we get on the cruise to Amsterdam. <laughs> they're 94 years old. Wow. So, and, and while they're planning uh, a trip to the Warriors game for when they come back. <laughs> so that's, I, I don't know which of those is their secret, but they definitely still have a lot of energy. Do you, do you plan to live in San Francisco in your old age? And and kind of a follow-up to that would be, you know, what can San Francisco do to make this a more welcoming place for people who want to start families, maybe have children and grandchildren of their own? 
Uh, I, I definitely want to stay here. I grew up in the Bay Area. My family's from from here. This is always the city for me, <laughs> and I have no plans to leave. You know, I, I always I'll visit other cities and other places and think, "Wow, this is a, a great place. There's so many cool things about it." But this is not home. San Francisco is home, and I think it'll always be home for me. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing why people really question their ability to to live here over the long term is affordability. You know, it's just really expensive. It's expensive to buy a house. It's expensive to do anything. It's expensive to pay rent. Uh, you know, and so if we could both address how expensive it is, with particularly by building more housing, and also make sure our public institutions, like our schools, reflect what people pay in taxes and, and what they pay to live here in terms of the quality, I think those two things would go a long way for people to be able to stay here over the long term. And things like car-free JFK and great parks and great you know, experiences, open space, all that, I think also make people want to stay here. It helps them build community and really connect with the city that they live in and what makes it special. Well, you survived our serious questions, and now it's time for the <laughs> oh, lightning God, round. Okay. On a previous appearance, you said your favorite burrito was Gordo's, and I want to know if you would like to change your answer. Wow, I always have to be ready for this question. So, because we're here in the Tenderloin, and I want to give the Tenderloin burrito some love, I, when I go get a burrito, more often than not, I go to El Tesoro, which is on O'Farrell. Great burrito. Tenderloin also has burritos as well. It's not only in the mission. So I'm going with I'm going with El, El Tesoro. Yeah, exactly. I'm going with El Tesoro in District Five. Okay. I, uh, okay. Uh, that still pains me to say. Well, I think uh, I think Campos should have instead of the Tenderloin ad done the Gordos ad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> might yeah. have been a little. Then, I would, then he might have made be it. going to Sacramento. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, exactly. Oh God, I'm never. Thank God I champ. I'm getting out of that. I erase my past Gordos answers. What's your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? To get a stiff drink? Uh, Emperor Norton's on Larkin Street. Nice. Uh, that's where I go after a, after a long board meeting or after a tough day. It's a couple blocks from, from, from where I am. And uh, it's a great place for a stiff drink. What's your uh, favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Favorite San Francisco movie? Well, obviously, there's Miss Doubtfire is a great San Francisco movie. The Rock is a great yeah. San Francisco movie. Those are those are two. And uh, uh, the Last Black Man in San Francisco is one of my favorites. One of the most powerful uh, uh, movie experience I is experiences I had was was seeing that premiere at the Castro Theater with hundreds of people, many of whom were in that film, and and how meaningful that was to them. Uh, when Mike Marshall went up and sang San Francisco with, uh, is it Emil, sorry, I'm going to get his name wrong, but the composer, the the version of, you know, yeah. I'm not going to sing it, going but yeah, San, San Francisco, Francisco. Yeah. I, I wanted to weep, and the Castro organ, I think, was playing along, it was the most San Francisco thing. Yeah, at yeah. the at the Castro Theater, yeah yeah, 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 and people were crying, you know, I was in the back of the theater, and there was a girl who was sitting next to me who I didn't know. And in one scene, just a random scene, uh, in a, on the on the bus, she just started bawling. And and I asked her, well, "Was she okay?" And she said, "That's my dad. Aww. That's my dad." And her dad was 
put it just an extra in the film. He was on the bus, and they really, you know, went out of their way to to bring regular San Franciscans into that film. And uh, you know, I hope that that we see more things like that. If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about San Francisco, what would it be? <laughs> one thing about San Francisco that I could change. Ah, uh, oh. Uh, I, I, I have to say homelessness. I yeah. mean, I, I think, you know, getting all, all the, 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 the issue of homelessness really pervades everything in our city and it, it just makes it so hard to focus on anything else when we have so many people out there who are suffering. Mm-hmm. And if I could bring them all inside and, 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 and end homelessness in San Francisco, I think that would allow us to focus on a lot of other things in our city and also obviously help a lot of people. What was your proudest achievement on the board and your biggest regret? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, my proudest achievement. <clears throat> I think my proudest achievement was the way that my office uh, responded when, when the pandemic hit. Uh, you know, for the first probably week we were like deer in the headlights what do we do how do we help what's our role you know should we be protecting ourselves and our families it's a very it's a very wild unpredictable scary time to be anywhere including in government and we thought that you know there might be bodies piling up i mean we didn't know how deadly this was and ended up being very deadly but we thought it could have even been more deadly Mm -hmm. and my office immediately started to serve as a repository of donations, of supplies. We were driving around the city delivering toilet paper. We were connecting people with masks. We were, you know, just, you know, and then ultimately passing legislation. They bring people into shelter-in-place hotels, helping people get access to vaccines. That, that broader experience of just leadership in crisis and figuring out what the hell do we do to help in any way that we can is what I'm most proud of. And I think that uh, you know, it, was, it, was, it was scary. And I think it, it, it taught me that you know, leadership isn't always about what piece of legislation you write. It's about what you do with whatever power you have to help as many people as you can. And they definitely needed, needed us then. My biggest regret, I would say my biggest regret is that I wasn't able to do more uh, to stop the, the fentanyl and, and overdose epidemic. Mm-hmm. And it's something I'm, I want to focus on at the state level. And there was a lot that happened over the last couple of years that required us to focus on the pandemic and on other things. But we lost a lot of people to, to this epidemic of, of overdoses and I wish I would have been able to do more to, to save more lives mm-hmm. and if you and other progressives bigger so much here how are you going to work with Republicans <laughs> well I mean I, I think that you know somebody told me that working in in San Francisco politics is like swimming with the sharks and Sacramento is like swimming with dolphins. (laughs) You find your your group, your crew, it changes every now and again, but people more look out for each other and they support each other. And actually part of 
the consequence of, of not having Republicans here is that we're all Democrats and we all just fight. Whereas up there, you do have Republicans. And so you have a Democratic caucus and that brings people together and it actually builds some unity among Democrats. And the Republicans don't have a lot of power, so it's also no skin off your back to actually work with them a little bit and, and, uh, and find areas of agreement. So I don't think I'll have any problem working well with people up there. I think I did work very well with people here, despite some of the bickering mostly directed at me, <laughs> me at times. And so I think I'll be able to work with people fine. Last question. What is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Well, I have to feed my cats. You know, this is something that I have two cats. I have to squeeze. Uh, uh, I always uh, make sure to go on a walk, uh, particularly around my neighborhood, my district. I feel like I haven't really had my day if I haven't walked around and just kind of taken everything in. It helps me clear my head. Usually I do it early in the morning before I start my day. But even if I haven't, if I haven't done it by the end of the day, I'll often go on a a walk in the evening or night mm -hmm. and sort of kind of how I center myself. Will the cats uh, go with you to Sacramento? Because I see people on the ferry with the backpack oh and the God. little porthole with the little cat head sticking out. <laughs> These are tenderloin cats. Uh, they're named Eddie and Ellis. They're, they wouldn't, they, they don't belong in Sacramento. <laughs> they're going to stay here. And uh, while I'm up there, I'm going to have somebody come and stop by and check on them. All right. But they usually when I come home, they're like, why are you here? Are you here? Are you are you going to try to move us off of our couch? You know, they, they, they do very well without me, but I'm going to have someone come and check on them. And they're going to they're going to stay here. Well, thanks for joining us. And I Thank hope you, you get a nap after Thank yesterday's you. marathon. I appreciate meeting. it. Thank thanks you. for coming down. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.